Good evening. Well, my name is Terrence Little. If you do not know me, I am the associate pastor here at Church of the Atonement, and we want to welcome you this evening to our Monday, Thursday service, where tonight we will worship the Lord our God, and we will celebrate the supper instituted by King Jesus tonight. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening, Lord. We come before the throne of, mer of, throne of grace, asking your mercy, Lord. And we come through the Lord Jesus Christ. We come, O oh Lord, asking you to be among us. Lord, we come to worship. We come to exalt, to lift up your name. Tonight, on this special night, Lord, when we remember the Lord's Supper partaken of by the Lord Jesus and his disciples, anticipating what was yet to happen, Lord, we pray you would be honored among us today. We pray, O oh God, you would touch our souls this evening as we Sing as we pray, as we meditate, Lord, on your word. Holy Spirit, feed our souls, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask you all to stand for the reading, uh, for the call to worship. As I read to us Exodus chapter 12, please stand, please stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. In this, our call to worship. And I chose this because it's very fitting with what we're doing today. To see where did the Lord's Supper begin. It begins in Exodus 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, Every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons. According to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire, with unleavened bread, and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, 
And I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. As a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast. I invite you to stay standing, to sing with us this evening of God's great, great love. Let's worship as we sing your love, O Lord. And on the first day of unleavened bread, 
when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. There, prepare for us. Let's continue worshiping as we sing Behold the Lamb.
Peter would combat the words that Jesus would speak about what must happen. We remember how Peter chose to draw his sword to fight against the plans that have been made in heaven. We can remember how Peter also chose to deny any knowledge of Jesus, willing to forsake his attachment to Christ. Father, as we reflect on these events, we also remember how we too are prone to weakness in trusting that your ways are best. Father, there are situations we all experience in different ways, but there are situations that we experience when we doubt the promise that you work all things for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. We doubt that Your instructions for life bring fulfillment and joy and peace. Father, ever since that fateful moment in the Garden of Eden, people have doubted your ways. And so, Lord, tonight we confess our weakness and our tendency to sin against you by fighting against your ways and withholding our trust. Lord, we confess that we betray you, using you for our glory and our gain and our comfort, and yet at the same time willing to ignore you or deny the place that you are to have in our lives when your ways seem inconvenient or too difficult for us. Father, as we look at these weaknesses and we consider them, Tonight, we ask for your forgiveness. We take comfort in this fact that every moment in which we doubt and fall short is a moment which Jesus committed himself to go to the cross. Even on the night that we remember this evening, Jesus knew the weaknesses of his disciples and he still committed to lay his life down for them. As the famous him goes, Lord. Jesus knows our every weakness. And so we bring it to you in prayer. Father, with the bigger picture in our minds of what Christ does on our behalf, we confess our sins. We confess our weakness. We ask for your healing. Bring wholeness to our minds. Help us to learn to trust more than what our eyes can see. Help us to trust out of an abundance of love and grace that you've already given us in Jesus. Help us to trust by the help of your Spirit and your Word working in us. 
Father, we ask this and we pray it in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you please stand as we continue in worship this evening? Father and our God, you promise us in your word that your word will never return to you void, but it will accomplish that for which you send it out to do. We are broken. We are weak. You are strong. You are our king. Bless your word this evening, we pray in the mighty matchless name of Christ our Lord. Amen and amen.
Can you believe that? Can you actually believe that happened? How can I trust that? I'm not so sure about this. I don't know if that's actually going to be what will happen. You know, I find it hard to believe. We've all said or thought these words at some point in our lives. You hear something that catches you by surprise. Something that seems impossible. Or something that you you can't imagine taking place. Or something that you do not want to happen. In John chapter 14, Jesus prepares His disciples for His death. For His departure. He prepares them for life after He has risen from the dead and returned to the Father in heaven. Our theme this week, Pastor Ryan began it on Sunday and it will conclude this Sunday, things hard to believe. In John chapter 13, we have to have a little context for understanding hard to believe in John chapter 14. The chapter begins with Jesus bending down during the Passover supper, washing the disciples' feet. After washing their feet, the Lord returns to the table. And He says some things that cause confusion for the disciples. These men who have walked with Him for these three years. These men who have witnessed Him do the impossible. Feeding a multitude. Raising people from the dead. Healing every kind of sickness. Casting out demons that so afflicted people. Well, what is Jesus thinking about during the supper? What is on the Lord's mind? I suggest to you four things. Four things which will lead us on into John 14. The hour for why Jesus came into the world has arrived. In John chapter 13, verses 33 and 36, the Lord Jesus says, Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. Verse 36, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but afterwards you will. The disciples have to be ready for what's about to take place. Jesus knows that Judas will betray him. Jesus lets Peter know that he's going to deny him three times. There are a few more lessons that the disciples must hear. Hear from Jesus before his death and his resurrection. And here we move into John chapter 14. Jesus is going away. 
and the disciples do not know how to respond. Jesus has come to complete what the tabernacle and temple sacrifices foreshadowed for the future. Jesus came to be the sacrifice, the payment God requires for the cleansing of the sin of mankind. Your sin. My sin. You're missing the mark of the standard of God's glory. My missing the mark of the standard of God's glory. The disciples find this difficult, hard to believe. Listen to the discussion between Jesus and the apostles. I'm going to read this from the New King James Version tonight. John chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. (laughs) Jesus reinforces that he's going away. And the disciples, they they, they can't follow along. They can't follow at the moment. Well, we move on in the discussion. John 14 and verse 5. Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? Jesus said to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him. And you have seen him. Have I been with you so long? And yet you have not known me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words, the words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, But the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Everything they saw him do. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. Because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. That he may abide with you forever. 
the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it's he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I'll love him and reveal myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to Jesus, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to Judas, not Iscariot, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and he'll bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You've heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I'm going to the Father for my Father is greater than I. And lastly, verse 29. And now I've told you, before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe. Jesus teaches mysterious truths to his disciples in John chapter 14. He provides the disciples with incredible knowledge Knowledge that will sustain them until their time and their ministry on earth is complete. Jesus came into the world and he invested in 12, preached to lots and lots of people, but invested in 12. One of them will betray, but the, the, the other 11, through them, through them, the message of Jesus would go worldwide. There was no plan B. There was no plan B. Jesus teaches four powerful words for his disciples that you and I desperately need to remember on a daily basis. As I was studying this passage, sometimes I, mean, I like to underline and highlight things, but I began to see a pattern with these words. Believe, know, love, keep, believe. Know, love, keep. You believe in God, 
the Lord Jesus says. Believe also in Jesus. Believe in the works of Jesus. Believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Believe the three persons are one God who will come to live inside of you. Know the Father. Know the Son. Know the Spirit. Know the presence of God in your life and in your ministry. Know that the God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, know that God loves you and will guide you always. Know that God has prepared a place in glory for you. You who trust and depend on Jesus to be the ultimate sacrifice God provided for your shortcomings. For your missing the mark of the standard of God's glory and my sin as well. Love. Love. Love God. You will know that you love God when you love God's Word. You will know that you love God when you love God's Word. Now the opposite of that is just as true. If you don't love the Word of God, you don't love God. The reason the Lord Jesus comes into the world, you all. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love Jesus... You'll follow what he teaches. You'll make Christ's instruction a part of your mental life every day. And it is a struggle, is it not? So many other things get in the way. But when you make it a part of your mental life every day, the Word of God will become a vital part of you. You will read the world through the lens of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the dark nights of the soul, you'll see through the darkness, through the light of God's Word. Keep, keep, keeping the commandments of Jesus Christ shows that you love the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus teaches the disciples about the reality, the life, and the work of the Trinity. Did you know that? I mean, sometimes we just, you know, we gloss over, we read through the text. But do you see what's going on in John 14? While explaining his work and his expectations for his disciples, Jesus opens the windows of their minds to hear about the life of the triune God. And that for them. And that for you. And that for me. Jesus answered and said to him in John 14, verse 23, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. He'll hold on to it. He'll embrace it. He'll take it inside. And my Father will love him. We will come to him. We'll make our home in him. That is glorious good news for sinners like you and me. We are failures at perfection. 
We are failures at obeying God. We are failures at loving what is good and right and true. And for this, Jesus comes into the world. Jesus comes to this very hour. He comes to lay down his life so that we can live. God the Father, he's going to send you the helper, the Holy Spirit. Now, you can't see him, but he's present. I like to call him the secret agent in the room. He'll teach you all things. He'll bring to your memory everything that I I said to you. On the eve of the greatest event the world will ever know, Jesus takes time to equip his disciples with some major lessons. Major lessons. He's going to go away. He's going to die. He'll rise again. And then he's going to ascend into heaven. And ministry is going to be on their shoulders. What are they going to do? He gives them some major lessons just before he departs. And there are five here, and I just reiterate what we've seen. Lessons that bewilder their minds. God, Creator, living inside of you. Lessons that they do not completely understand. We don't know where you're going. We don't even know how to get there. Number three, lessons that God, the Holy Spirit, will cement into their souls. Number four, lessons that God, the Holy Spirit, will bring to life in their hearts. The only way you'll ever really believe in God is when the Holy Spirit changes your heart. The unbeliever driving up and down the street out here, walking up and down the sidewalk, even maybe in this room, you will not believe until the Spirit of God Almighty gives you a new heart. A heart to love God. Number five, Lessons that God, the Holy Spirit, will also teach you as you trust in Jesus and the Word of God. Lessons you will only understand through the power and work of God. You all, Jesus secures real life for you and me. Jesus secures real life for you and me. I've lived long enough now to see God, bring people on the scene and take them off. I've lived long enough to see loved ones, stalwarts in the faith, live the life that God gave them to live, and then they pass from the scene. And oftentimes I've wondered, well, is that what life is all about? You live and you die? No. No. There is a life yet to come. These disciples are going to They're going to take the world by storm after Jesus ascends into heaven. (laughs) Jesus secures real life for you and me through his death. And tonight we come to the Lord's Supper to feast upon the promises of God given to sinners like you and me. Given to sinners like you and me. At this time, we're going to sing our song of preparation.
at the Lamb's high feast we sing. And I invite you to stand and to sing as we sing at the Lamb's high feast. And as you sing, meditate. Meditate on this great feast that the Lord gives to us. Amen. time we come to the table of the Lord. And if anyone did not receive the elements when you came, please raise your hand and our ushers will make sure that they give you the elements. I read the words of institution this evening from the, the, the gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 26 to 30. And as I read the words of institution, I will tell you to go ahead and 
peel back the top layer so that you have easy access to the wafer here. But I will let you know when to take it. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins, for the missing of the mark, not getting right God's standard. And he demands of every human being. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Would you bow with me in prayer? Our Father and our God, we do not presume to come to this Your table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in Your abundant and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under Your table, but You are the same Lord whose character is always to have mercy. Hallelujah. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of Your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink His blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by His body, and our souls washed through His most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in Him, and He in us. Amen. My fellow members of the Church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven, given for you, take and eat. My brothers and sisters of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ shed for you. It pays the debt that God requires. It washes all your sin away. Take and drink. Our Father and our God, we thank You for this meal. We thank You for the opportunity to continue to partake of it, O Lord, until You call us out of this world into Your very presence, or until our Savior and our King returns. We pray, O God, that our souls have been nourished. We pray, O God, that as we go out tonight and we continue to meditate on the blessed resurrection of the Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, that we will know that in Christ we have newness of life. And we are now the light of the world. Why? Because God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has come to live inside of us. 
We praise your grace and we praise your mercy. This we pray, O Lord, in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. At this time, we're going to begin a period of meditation, beginning with a presented song that we offer to you and concluding with a time of silent meditation. I invite you to remain seated throughout it before Pastor Terrence calls us to stand again for the benediction, Uh, continue to worship and to sing when appropriate. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. 
Remain here. Remain here and watch. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground. And he prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Oh, 
And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. For the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Brothers and sisters, would you rise for the good word, the benediction from the Lord to you. It comes from the Lord's prayer 
in John chapter 17. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Go in grace.